just shuts down. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was just saying, like, oh, let me, let me leave me, and it gave me the option. Um, <laughs> no, oh, like man. you, me, me. I think it was, it was actually Rach who pointed it out. Like you just got to be careful because you start talking about someone else's baby now and be like, that's that's not a good looking baby, and then suddenly your karma turns around and be like, I'll say swear. <laughs> but the thing is, if my baby wasn't, if my baby wasn't good looking, I would just accept it. Just have to accept it and move on. You know, and just hope that they have other ta- other time. No, but it's not. No, no, no. It's not. You can't. It's not just as simple as moving on. Like if someone says you're, like you can't call your baby clapped. Like you can't think yeah. that your baby's clapped or ugly. You can't. Can you? I can say that my baby's not conventionally attractive and be fine with that. No, but this whole conventionally attractive, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? So when we talk talk about pretty and ugly, we're just talking about conventions. Yeah, because it's not anything to do with, like, like there's no standardised measure for beauty, is there? There's nothing that we can say. It's all objective. It's all subjective, isn't it? So it's like what you find attractive. And then there are some people that are generally conventionally attractive, but even that has all sorts of standards built into it. So I can have a baby and be like, look, my baby has a, a big old turnip head. <laughs> it's either too close together. You see, no, this is this is the problem. Like this is the problem with white supremacy. Look what it's done. What's no, wrong? don't do that. Don't do what's that. What's wrong with big heads and eyes? What, what's the no, distance apart that eyes no. are supposed to be? Eh? It's got Pray nothing tell. to do with white people. Ooh. If your eyes are too close together, that's not a black thing. I'm sorry. You can't blame no, that. No, no, but, who, no, but who has told you what I... Like my thing would be being serious though. Like who defines how close eyes should be or not? Go to I, I, I promise you in every single country in the world. If you go to because Maui, every single if you go to the Galapagos Islands, nobody wants a child with their eyes that are too close together. It's just not it's a universally not, not an attractive. I would thing. hard Sorry. I'd hard this one. I'd hard disagree with that because you don't you literally do not know lots of different cultures. There may be people where their eyes are actually close together and that's how they like it. But secondly, white supremacy has also touched all areas of the globe. So my argument would stand wherever we go. Talk about Malawi, yeah, but, talk about, talk about, Avana race, talk about that's, Nepal. That's not a racial feature. Having, okay, a racial feature is like having a wide nose or having full lips or having like Asians having slanted eyes. Those are all racial features. So what are the things that transcend cultures? Eyes too close together. Like, and what a wonk, else? like a like a wonky nose, like a weird shaped head. What's, what's a weird shaped weird? head? Like a, like a unibrow. Um, oh, so just just uh, I decided to to go back to our fact checking ways, and I googled like uh, international beauty standards with eyes. <laughs> uh, oh turns out, turns out in Japan, big eyes are considered ideal. Uh, and a fun fact is that the first question asked in a purikura, which is a photo booth, uh, is what eye size would you like to choose? Hey. So, yeah, apparently. <laughs> As in, they do real life filters for you, like. Yeah. Do you know what? It actually makes sense. Yeah, that, 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 that proves my point, though, in a way that big what? eyes are also quite a. No, but having larger like uh, wide eyes is actually quite universally attractive is it like all the apps big the eyes apps, is universally attractive no, are you sure all, all of the filter apps all of them give you wide eyes they i mean not wide eyes they give you like bigger eyes like mm-hmm. if you put yourself on a filter they always give you big and obviously those filters are also affected by european beauty standards what i'm saying is 
there are some things that in most cultures yeah or dictated but there are some things that in most cultures are not like a wonky nose is not a Euro, it's not like a define what, like what's, what, what is wonky what degrees are we talking about here i don't even know what that means straight off to the left now he's trying to be <laughs> what do you mean straight off to the left who's that just going straight off to the left name no, no, no. the person here lab, if it was a sat lab and it said turn left instead of straight ahead that's a wonky nose. There's no <laughs> no one on the planet has a nose that goes. No, straight. Harry. No, I'm sorry, they do. <laughs> no, Harry, Harry, don't even, don't even. I think, I think you're you're even exaggerating here, Harry, because everyone no, knows. Genuinely, I'm not. If you, so if you've got, you know, like Mike Tyndall, Mike Tyndall, and the way his nose literally veers off to one side because it's been broken that many times. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me. You mean the the rugby player, right? Yeah, the one who's married to Zara. What's her name? Oh yeah, to Zara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, you think his nose is clapped? His that nose is like very no- bad. Honestly, it looks like a normal nose to me. Are you all right? I'm showing you the picture. Look, that looks. Like- Do you think that nose is mad? You've been spending too much time on Twitter. His nose is obviously broken, yeah. and I think he would be okay with that. I don't think he yeah. would be like, "Oh my gosh, my nose." He'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a rugby player, and my nose got broken. It is what it is." Yeah, I can't. I can't lie. I think. For me, for me to say it, Harry. For me to say it, Harry. I don't think you need to step, sit on the on the fence for this one. No, no, I'm. There's no fence. I, I'm, okay, just, I'm just saying. Clearly, okay, it's no, a no, no. and we're oh, changing no, 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 things no, up. Guys, no, all right, guys, no guys. I'm getting no, on to no, being real. No, guys. No, sorry. All, all ju- no. This is what actually happened. I just realized. So look, he got his nose fixed. I didn't realize. I was looking at his new nose. Okay, that's why I was baffled. Which oh, okay. my point. Now I see what you're. I see. Okay, yeah, but that, yeah, but that's that's a clear no. But that is a nose that has clearly been mangled. Exactly. Like someone and did something if, to his nose. And what if a baby comes through the vagina all lopsided and haphazard, and their nose gets mangled? Then it is what it is. Not that I've seen that happen before. I'm not. Ca- yeah, I'm not calling no baby ugly. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm I wouldn't also call baby not ugly call it, too. I wouldn't uh, yeah. call a baby ugly. I'm also not going to say it, but again, purely because I'm not trying to bring any bad guys. <laughs> not because you don't believe it, because you just. <laughs> No, because I have definitely seen pictures where I'm a bit like, yeah. I think not. every baby is a joy, and if your child is, is is not conventionally attractive, I'll tell you what a I'm joy. Also, I'm also going to disagree with that. I'm also going to disagree with that. Like every baby is not a joy. Some babies are terrors. Some babies are full on violent they're terrors. Too, they're too young to be terrors. Doesn't matter. They can be. I promise you that. I promise you that they're not I'm doing it to be to spiteful. This one. They're not doing it to be spiteful, but there are some terror children, man. Are you calling Tunde Junior terror? Is that really what this Never is coming that. from? This guy, this guy is a charmer. I'm telling you right now. If, okay. if we're out and about, he literally, we've had, we've had cases where he'll be crying because he's hungry or he's tired or whatever. And then whenever someone else comes around, like my man stops crying, looks at them, does a quick little, "Hey, how's you doing?" You know, uh, <laughs> my name is. Nice to meet you. Hey. My name is. Nice name. That's the name. That's the name. Sugar. Um, you know, like, okay, bro. Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I he, guess he's following in his father's footsteps. Is all I can say. Um, I, d- I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I am. Uh? You don't Listen, know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't remember we went to school together. Just look, okay. I'd like you to understand that that person uh, is not who I am. Today. <laughs> Hold on, I, I have apologized. <laughs> in our first few podcasts, we had conversations about Chende was pulling all the Beckys at school. 
It's what? true. It's when true. You no, it wasn't even just Becky's though. Door. The joke is it wasn't even just Becky's. <laughs> this guy was anyway. Let let me just out of respect yeah. to Rachel. Yeah. Out of respect to Rachel, let me just he say was that. snowboarding, he was surfing, he was tropical hiking, he was doing everything. <laughs> He was everywhere. Tunde, Tunde, Baba, Tunde. International. He's trying to be omnipresent, like his name. (laughs) (laughs) International adventurer. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's 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 introduce this thing. Um, It's fine. He's returned home. So, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, back. yeah, he's back. He's back with us now. But anyway, yeah, let's let's introduce this thing. Tales from the Plantation, Volume Forty Four. Um, we've been away for a minute, but thank you guys for sticking with us, for tuning in. Um, as a reminder, you can go follow us on Instagram at Tales from the Plantation, Facebook, uh, Twitter at Plantation Tales, Facebook Tales from the Plantation. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you can get good podcasts. Um, and remember to share this with your friends. Write, read a review, um, uh, write a review, uh, like it, do all that good stuff, and hashtag Tales from the Plantation to continue the conversation. I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading you all to freedom. As always, we also have with us... It's your boy, Tunde, and you can find me at TFTP underscore Tunde, T-U-N-D-E, on Instagram and Twitter. We also have... Since you're girl Nezzy, you can um, possibly find me on, on Twitter at Nezzy, but I might not accept your request, but give it a go. Try. You never know. Do you know what? Do you know what I'm going to lie? This year, you have to stop that now. Like, you have, you just have to either just give a social handle or just not bother at all. Because this, like, rudeness towards your listeners, is this is why we get the the four stars of the five star <laughs> reviews so hold on you so you're saying every to... single person who requests me i must accept that doesn't make sense there's all kinds of people on the internet no you i'm not saying, my, I'm not saying that but this whole thing of like elitism like right just now. get a just get a normal account just get a normal account where you tweet regular stuff and just let them follow you on an open one but okay, anyway man. that's that's a conversation for later we were talking about tunde and um and fatherhood and babies uh, yeah, how's it been, how's it been going, man? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, you, you you heard him on one of the last podcasts. He's he's definitely a chatterbox. Uh, it's been it's been a tough journey. I can't lie. Like four months, just constant learning. Every day is new. Trying to work out. Right? Do we know what this crime means now? What does it mean when he's rubbing his eyes one way? If he's jumping up and down? Um. It's big, lots of learning, lots of learning. And especially trying to go back to work and get the balance in. That has been, that's been rough. That's been rough play. So when, when did you go back to work? At 4th of Jan, straight, straight after, uh, I think I had three months off from September uh, into the Christmas break. So was that, was that all paternity leave that they gave you? Or did you have to like take it with holidays and stuff or? Uh, four weeks paternity leave. So we get two weeks statutory. Deloitte gives you an extra two weeks. Uh, then I took seven weeks shared parental leave, uh, which nice. basically means I took some time out of Rachel's allowance, but then uh, it just meant we had more time where it's the two of us working together. And yeah. two weeks of it was um, with bank holidays uh, annual leave. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, do you did you feel like that was enough time? Like, did you feel like you've had? I mean, maybe you just say there's never going to be, but do you feel like that was enough time? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's never it's never enough time because coming back to work, I'm just like I I could still be playing. Like, I'm perfectly <laughs> happy to to go to his little musical bumps classes and uh, like play group, but three months was a good amount of time. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like if we'd only had the two weeks. Uh, yeah, because there's certain places where you only get like it's just a two week thing in your which in America. Mad, like... I feel like and some people have gone back to work like two days after giving birth or some madness. Mm-hmm. I just don't even understand how you do like I just don't even understand that's possible. What would you do? Also because like it's almost like C sections are obviously operations so you can't just go back. But even like natural birth, I, I feel like it's not an operation but because of what it does to your body. Yeah. It should be classed as like an operation in the same like the recovery period time should be you should be given the same thing. I think I was watching a TikTok that said America's one of two countries that doesn't have statutory paid maternity leave. Like if you do take maternity leave, it's unpaid and it's normally like like you said, Nezzy, a few days max. It's just insane. It just, I just find the more and more I find out about that country, the more I just get so, so, so I'm just so astounded when they talk about, like, tout themselves as like just this, this haven of democracy and like land of the free. It's just like you kind of it's are really just quite bad. barbaric. And also, I think it's weird because I don't feel like it's um, productive long. Like, I think I'm sure if they sat down and calculated how much money they've lost, they lose overall. Just, in like, general, just in fact, yeah. if you factor in a bunch of different things, it probably works out like cheaper to just give women two weeks of time to leave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in terms of time off sick or people time off of depression or people time off or like money that goes into childcare or just like random stuff, like they probably just end up like, why not just give them two weeks off? Like I don't. Yeah. And I think like, a lot of the big companies in America, like the more progressive companies give women like uh, at least like a couple of weeks of time to leave anyway. Yeah, I just, I feel like, I feel like there's certain European countries where I remember, I can't remember which one, where they get a year. And I think it's like both parents get a year. And it's like, that makes sense. Like bond with your child, like take the time to bond with your child. Like what, in what world does it actually make sense for you to just go back after like a week or something and you just, you don't really get to spend that time. Do you think people should get that for marriage as well? You know, having Bible times, they would like basically take oh, a year what, just off. Just go go off for themselves for like a year. Yeah, and just get to know their spouses. I feel like you should get. But I feel like I feel like do you know I feel like it's different because I don't think they they might not have dated in the same way we do. No, but I was thinking the reason I was saying I was like you could do it, but it's not fair to single people because like it's not their. Like what if you? Yeah, it's not like they've married. decided to make. But, but then you could say it's not fair to... It's the same thing with, same thing with, no, it's the same thing with a service leave, low-key, because like you chose to have a baby. And I don't get an extra two weeks off because, I don't know, I bought a new car. But you know, <laughs> that's not... The, that's but very... a child is infinitely more important. But then you could say like a partner is more important. A partner is more important than... I don't know. It's weird. That's, an, no, that's interesting. Saying, I'm not like, actually thought about that. Like, why should... Like, if you... Why should the country... The argument is, why should the country... Or why should the company whatever pay for your maternity leave? Because well, you've made that choice. 
when uh, when someone else hasn't made that choice, or maybe that choice isn't even an, an option that's available to them. Should I mean, we give everybody a two weeks maternity leave to just use at their discretion, even if they're not mother? But then, but then you could argue in the other way that like people who are single, like actually, let me not. Tunde, you go first because I need to just clarify what I'm even thinking. Yeah, well, no, because I think I was, I was, I was, I can't remember if I already said it. Um, but I was looking, I was watching it, I was on TikTok, and there was this video that came up, and it was just look looking at all the ways that America really is behind everyone else, like even the basics of adding taxes, right? Just things like Rare. that, <laughs> like. Your own taxes, the, everybody. Wild. Just the, the idea, the idea of oh yeah, we're gonna give you the price for everything, but we're gonna let you do the calculations for what the taxes has got to be added at the end. And things like maternity pay or child benefits, right? The idea is that you're supposed to in your own self-assessment for your tax returns, you've got to say, Oh, I want to take deductions because I have X number of kids. And again, America's the only country in the world that does that. Everywhere else will just go, oh, you've got children. Pay your taxes that we've calculated for you. And here is here is a benefit for having children that you then apply for. And I think it's the same thing. Like maternity leave is applied for, right? It's, 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 a, it's a simple thing of going, okay, I actually need time for this um, medical procedure childbirth is still at its heart right a medical procedure you need time off for it the then raising of the children has to go in hand in hand with the law that says you can't just leave your child anywhere so in my head it makes sense to actually give people time to do that there is a trade-off that comes with it so for the people who want to complain and be like well i don't get two weeks off it's not like they get two weeks off or however long they take off and then still have the same benefits to someone who has stayed in the company, right? You hear the, the complaints from mothers about the impact it has on their careers, the slowing down of their progression. There is a trade-off that comes with it. It's not just a free benefit that goes, I've got time off and I still get the same uh, promotion benefits and I still get treated the same when I come back. There is a challenge that comes with it. So, so in my head, I don't think there is a complaint to be had there. I agree. I'm playing devil's advocate. Arguably, it's all a choice. As in, you've chosen that. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, okay. but 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 my but here's, this, this is my thing, and I think it depends what you want to live in, in, in a way. Do you want to live in an individualistic society or do you want to live in a community? If you live in a community, the society, we all are interdependent. We depend on each other. So to me, regardless of, let's just say, for, for argument's sake, not that you'd, you would do this today because you're a very responsible uh, man, but say you were just like, just whatless and you had no way of taking care of your child or whatever. And you just just had a baby and you didn't really have much way to, to raise it. You didn't really know what you were doing. You had no, like you had no plan. Like you didn't have the finances in place, all those kind of things. People be like, oh, well, that's your problem. You deal with it. That's not how society works because that child will grow up in the society and then potentially, and then, and the, the silly thing is when kids act out and do crazy things, then we want to say, oh, where were the parents? Why didn't we deal with X, Y, Z? If you take care of everybody, 
if you give people the, the proper paternity and maternity leave and allow them the time like we have a compassionate society and we allow people to take the time off to develop bonds with their child and to parent their child in the best way we give them all the support we can we build great families we build great communities and then we have a better society so the trade-off is actually that it works best for everybody that that also, makes sense I, i'm back from playing devil's advocate my argument is also that actually we have an aging population and people who are having children are contributing to um like we need children like we need a constant stream of i know it sounds really um like what's the word callous yes like very pragmatic and callous but we need a constant supply of children in order to take care of the aging population and wow. it's like if you don't have no but it's true people who don't have kids <laughs> nezzy said today you better get back in the no but because... i'm just saying people who don't people who say they don't have kids so why should i because i've seen people online be like i don't have kids why is it it's not fair that i get maternity leave i'm like you don't have kids and that's okay everyone makes their choices but arguably people having kids are contributing to society in the sense that in the long run, those children are going to go, are going to fill gaps in society. And if we don't have enough kids, like genuinely we have nobody to look after the older population. Like that, that's what happens in countries like Japan where the population is aging. Like it's a very aging uh, pop- population and they don't have enough young people. And it, it creates societal problems when you literally don't have enough young people. That's not to say anyone who's not having kids making like, a, it's wrong for you not to have kids. I think it's fine. Like, you know, but I'm just saying like, part of the reason why we support people who have kids is because like we kind of need kids as uh, well, oh, like a, on a pragmatic sense i mean i hear what you're saying but as um as as everyone's favorite uh royal the balding uh prince william would say there's too many people in the world so we've got we've got we've got to stop it right <laughs> right depopulation for the win we've got we've got to depopulate but only only in the right areas. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna specifically point out any areas. But let's say, I don't know. I'm gonna pick one out by random. Let's say Africa. Let's say Africa. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Don't quote me on it though. Anyway. Anyway. Could be anyway. Yeah. I think. I think we do. Especially in this country, we we need we need children and and also I just think you also as a woman you never know when you're gonna become a mother. Like some people don't plan to become mothers, but they do. Mm. And when you do, you're gonna want that support. Um, I think people I think everybody should get just like two months off maternity leave like that statutory. I think it should just be I don't think it should be. I think that's just the way it should be. Um Wait, every... and I think paternity leave is also hmm. I have thoughts about paternity leave though, because I feel like you should only get paternity leave if there is evidence that you're planning to take an active part in the child's life. Because if we give paternity leave to everyone who just um, donates sperm to people, then there's just a lot of whatless people who are not doing anything and just having eight weeks of work. That's my unpopular opinion of the day. I mean, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out as being unpopular and one that I disagree with. Don't know what's happened. Twenty twenty two man's coming off the fence. I'm having opinions in that. Um, no, I disagree with it. So for one, maternity leave is. Uh, 52 weeks so uh, statutory plus advanced but it's also statutory anyway it's 52 weeks for the uh, birthing parent um, for paternity leave is only two weeks but then once you get shared parental leave it can be anything up to 50 weeks so you could have a balance where the the woman sorry the birthing the birthing parent is like oh 
I want to only. Are we doing? Are we gonna call people birthing parents and not women? Yes, I am. Yes, I am because you could have. Um, I, okay, you but could that's have, I, you could I would have a lesbian, that. a lesbian couple, right? Where you have the there's two women, the birthing parent. Yeah, but that that parent, that birthing parent is a woman. If it's a um, lesbian couple, but I'm, it's a woman. but I'm specifying which one. What do you mean? So if there's two women in the relationship. I'm yeah. just specifying which one. So it's not that you also get maternity pay, uh, maternity leave if you are the other woman who's not giving birth. Now, see, I hear what you're saying, but you've got to understand as a high-value man, um, Come I on. Like to, I'd, like to, <laughs> I'd like to let you know, right, that this is the problem with women these days, okay? Mm. They think they can have opinions. And, and everyone knows, right? As, as a, as a high-value man, if you're trying to bag a high-value man, you cannot have opinions. True. Can't. True. This is the, um, this is the fresher and fitter podcast mm. with your two hosts. Oh, my goodness. Did you <laughs> see that? <laughs> what did they call uh, black women dark, dark riders? Huh? Uh, black people, women dark, who... dark riders, I think. I don't, I don't even mean. That's a women, terrible people. insult. It just doesn't even I don't mean. So, mean. night riders? No, it was and I was like, isn't that what the KKK called themselves? Oh it was God. weird. I, I swear that was the name they gave to people who simped, and I say this with air quotes, for black women. What, Dark Nights? I think it's, it's Dark, dark Nights, isn't it? But they called, they said, they said something, they, I think they said something like Dark Riders or something. We don't go for yeah, Night Riders. Ridiculous behaviour. I just... Yeah. Yeah. I need black women to stop going on that show. I'm like, why do black women keep... Why do why do they go on the show? Like I'm not gonna go on a show and debate somebody on that. Like you're never catch me on Kevin Samuel's podcast. Like why would I? No, go I mean yeah, but some I don't know. In a way, I I respect if someone wants to go and challenge them to their face. I don't think that's. I don't a, go I don't, and challenge them. They I just don't, go. I don't oh, think, yeah, I, I, I don't, hear where you're coming from. No, no, I someone went on there. Saying. Someone went on there and batted them up. I can't remember the woman's name, but she went on there and batted them up. No, she didn't. I saw that, and she didn't. Are you talking about the light skin woman who went on? Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. I don't listen to the podcast. I don't listen to the podcast like that. I just no, saw one. I, clip. I saw a clip, and there's, but she didn't like. It initially, it looked like she'd like you know. But then afterwards, she was like, "Oh yeah, but I'd, I'll come on the podcast and talk to you about it." I'm like, "Oh no, I didn't see. I only saw like a little bit of the clip where she was just like, and they just looked like they were stunned into silence. Anyway, forgetting all that, talking about Americans and them chatting rubbish. Anyone see? Um, no offense to our American listeners, we love you guys, but some of your counterparts are a bit mad. Like Tariq Nasheed, for instance. I don't know anything, everything about this guy, but I just know that they made a space like about immigration, and it just kind of. So Tunde, have you ever seen that um the the South Park episode where they're like they took our jobs, <laughs> they took our jobs, <laughs> they took our jobs. It's basically like yes. twenty four hours of. To eat and some other black Americans being like, they took our jobs. And, it, it, and and just nonsensical chat. So I've I've heard of Tariq Nasheed from like Facebook days. He's one of those people who's been around for ages and ages, but I never really knew what he did, what he was about. Mm. Um but yeah, to then hear that he basically did like a, a marathon, a marathon space talking utter rubbish and getting corrected by pretty much everyone who's not American. Do you know what was funny? I thought I, what was funny is because Nigerians are in every, you guys are in every time time zone. 
So yeah. it was, the reason I had to be 24 hours because Nigeria is waking up at different points across the world to tell him he was talking rubbish. I heard, I heard people in Nigeria cussing him. I think Kalechi, oh, Kalechi got onto oh, him. Kalechi and I felt bad. I felt, I actually felt bad for him because I thought it's just the intellectual, you just, you couldn't, he couldn't keep up. It was just, it was embarrassing. I was just like, this Nigeria is just across the world and, and Africa is across the world just like getting onto him at different times when they woke up to hear the rubbish. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I don't understand how you get people like Tariq Nasheed who, live in the country where Google was created and can't use it. Yeah. Like simple, basic facts talking about things like, oh yeah, um, you can't get dual citizenship from an African country, you know? It's like, what are you talking about? Or like the same things like, why don't you go and fix your own country? Like, why don't you go and fix your own country? I'm like, it's just so mad that like, you could hear, I could hear the same talking points from Nigel Farage. And like, Uh, like, it's just like, I'm like, do you guys not see the similarities between what you're saying and what the, all the far but right I can, people are saying. I can see where, but I can see where Ados are coming from in the sense that I feel like we've had, uh, we have some similar, well, not as similar, but a slightly similar situation here in terms of, um, I think in America, African-Americans um, compared to like immigrant black people. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm going to explain we'll just myself. get ready. I'll just, I'll just um, follow that. When I say that, I can understand where they're coming from. I'm not saying I agree with them, obviously. But what I can hear they're coming from is that they, they've laid a lot of the groundwork for um, for civil rights in their country, African-Americans have. Um, and what they see is um, Black immigrants coming, doing way better, doing a lot better than them, um, having access to things like Black-only scholarships or... Um, initiatives that are for black people when they maybe been in the country for one generation and you'll have situations where in some universities where the vast like the majority like a majority or a significant portion of the black black population in that you know higher education or whatever group are people who are from africa um rather than people who are african of african-american descent and i can see why that would be i can see why that would be upsetting to somebody to see that like i i can see why that would be upsetting especially if there is a perception that people from those countries look down on African Americans and consider them to be whatless or consider them to be lazy or consider them to be like, oh, you haven't taken, you haven't made the most of the opportunities. And that kind of rhetoric is present in some African communities in the same way that it is present in some African communities in England about Caribbeans. So it's not that I agree, but I, I feel like there does need to be a um, like a recognition of the reasons why a recognition. A recognition of the reasons why there's some resentment. And it is, it is definitely a silly divide and conquer thing, isn't it? Like it's, we know, on the, standing from the outside, or we know as who we are, that that it's silly. We know that it's not, you know, they what they are parroted is essentially far-right talking points about immigration and stuff. But I think we can also have some understanding of the resentment. It doesn't mean we condone it, but I think there can be, um, there can be a bit of reflection and understanding. And I do feel like even when I think about Caribbeans in America, I've heard just even amongst like when I've been to America on holiday and been around Caribbeans, uh, Caribbean Americans, I've heard some of the ways they've spoken about African-Americans in a less than favorable way. And I wouldn't say it was like massively prejudiced, but little things like they would prefer their child to marry a Caribbean American rather than African-American, right? Or things about cultural values and stuff, how they, they feel it's different. And I do think there is that tension there where 
for, for some immigrant, black immigrant communities, African-Americans are seen as in some ways, you know, like not the ugly stepchild, but they're the kind of, embar- like they're a bit embarrassing. They can be a bit ratchet. They're not doing well. You know, they kind of, they're bringing us down. And I can, and so I can see what that tension there, where it comes from and why there might be some resentment from that. You know what, Nezzy? That point was so well made. I'm going to log off my burner account and delete the iTunes uh, review I was about to post. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I do no. That that brings a bit of a, like I do I do hear you on that one. I think, but it's just that rhetoric of like I don't know why don't you look after it? like it's the why don't you look after your own country and like that kind of thing. That's the that's the issue because it's like fine. Like there may be Africans that do come over and are like are rude towards you, fine. But then, I don't know. Like to then come back with right wing talking points is. But leave it. You know what? No, I, I'm I'm actually a hundred percent with Nezzy on this when it comes to understanding where it comes from. When you consider the fact that on on I think in the same TikTok I was mentioning earlier. Um, there was a stat that America's dropped to uh, 28th on the social mobility index, uh, global social mobility index, uh, which means there are 27 other countries for which it's easier to get out of poverty than America. Right. So when you think about the challenges they face systemically um, in terms of getting out of poverty and and being able to enjoy some of the the few opportunities that are there, but also then the fact that um, the the people who are in power, the people who have the ability to provide more opportunities, won't do it. Like if if you've been tuned into American politics at all over um, Biden's first year, you'll you'll see how much of a fight it took to pass a simple infrastructure bill, like just paying to build roads and transport, is seen as a political thing. So I can understand if you live in an environment where everything is literally geared against making your life any better, to then feel like the few opportunities that you do have are being taken by people who, due to no fault of your own, have received better kind of foundational education to take advantage of those opportunities that are there. I can see why it would build resentment and if we take a look at Brexit, right, and even our, our government here, the fact that we know this government has consistently taken actions, brought in policies, been openly corrupt in a way that only benefits them and their people. And yet the, the talking points when people are getting interviewed on the streets are still, yeah, well, at least better the devil you know. I'd rather stick with them and not take a risk on um you know corbyn's going to be worse keir starmer's going to be worse labor's going to be worse the immigrants are going to make things worse right? because they're going to parrot the talking points that they're provided with and if they're not given the information that actually clarifies just how much the system that they are working in is working against them i think you're going to inevitably end up with people like uh Tariq and the ados lot who only look for the boogie band. Yeah, I hear that. Um, no, I think you guys have actually brought some good 
some good balance to that um to the quote-unquote diaspora wars but it feels like we're just it's just circular and we never like move forward we just i honestly implore people if you have i know this is being from a privileged standpoint but if you have the finances to travel rather than shouting at other people in diaspora on spaces clubhouse or twitter please just travel try and travel to um other countries where there's a high number of people of african descent and get get to know them have conversations with people who are within diaspora who are not from your country gain the understanding like it just like i don't know this whole thing of shouting at each other it just seems like more and more i realize social media is everybody talking in their separate groups about each other right or to each other and even even go back to the conversation that we just had like really what would be you know like actually talking to somebody in that position and being like okay like do you feel that 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 term needs to be used in order for you to feel like okay or whatever I don't know a lot of on social media involves people talking about each other or shouting at each other but not actually having any knowledge of the people that they're talking about Mm. and I feel there's a lot of that in the conversations about now even we see the conversations between african-americans and black british people it's just like a lot of ignorance yeah it's like i think think the 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 prepositions you used there were the right ones right so you got a lot of about a lot of at but no with or to so no one's talking to each other no one's discussing it with each other those areas where we we do have blind spots so even even as the you know as the sole african on this 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 podcast um i think i've really benefited from understanding no my brother we are african on this podcast now listen here yeah you people are because not to come back okay i'm gonna let you know (laughs) imagine we didn't jump off the boat and frantically swim swim back to shore this is an yeah, Africans no, only live stream. This is the <laughs> Africans only live, only live stream. This he always does it in threes. That's what cracks me up so much. It's always in threes. <laughs> he never says anything once. It's always once, like, no, it's got to be threes. Long, long Someone obviously long. told him that was a good, um, like public speaking. It, it is a public oh, speaking okay. technique. The rule of is that saying in threes? Okay, yeah, there you go. That's why he does it. Um, but yeah, it, I think we can off, we can do both, right? We've got to hold them accountable because some of the ignorance isn't some some of the ignorance can be explained by the fact that they're not taught, right? But we do have spaces, and I'm using that in terms of um, just general social media and um, uh, the actual Twitter spaces. Uh, where you can you can learn and the fact that Tariq went 24 hours on this space and shifted not one inch like that's that's ignorance beyond beyond uh, justification as far as I'm exploring but that's because you're not you're not listening you're not engaging to understand you're engaging to um be right and that's the problem yeah. isn't it anyway let's can just work this is the last American thing we're going to talk about but um, talking about spit, 
um, Mr. Mike Todd. You don't can call him pastor if you want. That's up to you. Um, I choose to identify him as Mike Todd. Um, he uh, got into a little bit of backlash or trouble for his uh, <laughs> sermon explanation or his sermon uh, illustration, I should say, sorry, mm. which went a bit too... Uh, it went too far, man. It, it went too nasty. far. What did you guys think of it? It was dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> I, I just feel like if anybody tried to spit on me in the COVID era, I would have to fight them. Like whether I, I in the COVID yeah. era, scrap that. What do you mean? Who is spitting on you? No, but I'm Full saying, stop. like, especially That's in his the, brother, though. It's his brother. In so. a pandemic. Oh, it's his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. Oh, hold on, I missed that. I missed that part. This is his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. I still, I still have to fight you. Don't spit on me. I wouldn't I, be spitting on you. Honestly. Like, sorry, Harry. Harry, I said your name. I know. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to. Yeah, like, I just. The fact that it's his brother makes it a little bit less worse. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it that, kind of, man, it kind of does. that man might have fa- that man has family. Like, yeah. How you that man has a wife. Hey. Bro, you're going home and, and you're there like, hey, why are you not disrespecting me? Shut up, blood. You had <laughs> phlegm. You had <laughs> phlegm hanging off your face in service. You got chat to me about nothing. <laughs> no, go clean my room. Go clean your face, dad. No, it's actually like it's it's really it's just a very disgusting thing to do. Why would you spit on somebody? It's what it's, happens. It's it's influence it of pastors. Wasn't necessary. That's the problem. When you have influence, when you have pastors who become influencers and celebrities, you, you're gonna get some of you're gonna get stuff like this all the time. Mm. We've created it. We allow these people, we give them, we give them our subscribership and we follow them and we hang on every word and we just put them on this pedestal and I'm not saying that like to say there's not responsibility or like but we I think you know we put them on pedestals but some of these people are just they can't I don't know they let it go to their head like this was just I just thought it was just disgusting speaking of um no I was gonna say did anyone if you guys saw the, the the thread of um crazy things that have happened to you in church oh yeah that was oh, fantastic that was... And I was just like, so many, and another um, pastor basically did an sermon illustration where he got into a casket and then pretended to like resurrect from the dead and scared a whole heap of people in, in the church. And like, they were all running around screaming. That was so funny. And it's like, what, like, guys, I know you're trying to make the word of God fresh and new, but like, the Bible is actually quite interesting, like, cool, <laughs> as really. a book. It's got scandal, it. it's got drama, it's got stories. You don't need to do all of that. Yeah. I, you know, what I will say, though, what I will say, because talking to, in, in all the group chats I'm in, talking about it, um, there's also, is this me jumping back on the fence? Maybe. Uh, there's also an element of... You tried. I, I did try. I tried. It's it a, it it a good run. Um also an element of not just not automatically discounting everything he's all already said there is still a message in there that i kind of understand what he was trying to get at it is just that case of not it's just too yeah. far just too far yeah yeah too far. Just, just rein it in rain i could have just heard you brother i could have heard you we did hear him and we saw him nonsense anyway forgetting what's going on over there Look at what's happening over here. Um, 
I just think what's going on in this country at the moment is uh, I, I just it's don't, don't know what you, don't know what you mean. Um, everything <laughs> has to be said with the terms allegedly until Sue Gray's report comes out. Mate, I just it's just every day it's just something ridiculous like um lord guide's letters are going to be published soon do you really expect the public to believe you didn't disclose key messages with lord brownlow about the refurbishment of your flat because you had a new phone i followed the ministerial guidance at all times and and, and yes surely you'd remember such an exchange even if you couldn't see the messages i followed the ministerial guidance at all times okay can i just two quick questions are you like these guys, I think with Boris, yeah, I think he's at a point where he just, he actually doesn't care, like, he doesn't, he, he doesn't care, like, it, there's no, to him, it's like, he's got away with things so much his entire life, he just knows he's going to bust case, so he doesn't actually really need to address anything like that, at all. I've, I've seen a lot of clips in the last couple of days of, um, like, previous interviews with him, where, I think, back when he was mayor of London still. He was like, my career, sorry, yeah, yeah my, my, my career uh, process has really just overwhelmed the, the, the British media with so many gaffes. Just, just have so many that, that they can't keep up with the train and, and, and you get away with it. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Right, I mean, he's, well, it's working. Like, it's part it of is. This this party gate thing is and the thing is you know what it is with with the what people need to understand here and i don't think people quite grasped it yet i remember when like obviously the trump thing happened in america and we thought oh they've just gone nuts like can you believe that thank god that doesn't happen over here but we didn't re like a lot of people didn't realize that brexit was that thing for us like we we're 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 there we're that where they are now we're we we are now where they were with Trump. Basically. We've I think we've been neck and neck this whole well, time. Well, no, yeah, we've yeah, we I yeah, in my opinion, we've been neck and neck since the whole Brexit thing. We've been we've been neck and neck. It just hasn't. It's not been to the same degree maybe as America, just because there's more people. But in terms of like the tribalism and just the the like, if you see the people, the way that people defend Boris Johnson, like it doesn't matter. Like if Boris literally went into into like in. Outside 10 Downing Street came out and just punched the granny in the face and knocked her down. <laughs> Man would just as as long as someone who was like lefty was upset, people on the right would just be like, oh Boris. Because like people would literally say things like, oh, he just looks like the sort of guy you could go and have a drink with. What? What does that even mean? Like you can have a drink with anybody. I just don't, I don't, I don't, but it's like I don't understand it. Like I, and I think people. Do you know people see themselves see themselves in him? I guess to a certain degree, like he just says things that are off key. But that's a, that's the thing about having to see yourself in. Um, I don't have to see myself in a in a politician to vote for them. No, like generally, no. like I need. I mean, I know some people. I, I just don't. For me, like for me, I always. I don't see maybe, maybe that's that's bad about being black as well is that most of the time you don't see yourself in the politicians that you vote for right mm. especially as a black woman like who like so I'm like what do you mean have a drink will I go and have a drink with Jeremy Corbyn yeah he seems like actually quite a nice guy he probably would but I mean it, it just helps, I, it just helps I, to excuse it though because that's, that's yeah, but I'm saying, it's like what does that even mean like it's it's just like a ridiculous 
thing to say in terms of you're not voting on who you can go and have a drink with. It's like saying, well, Hitler looked like he makes a good pot pie. So, so the hell what? Like, <laughs> you're not voting on that. Like, it's, it's very relevant. No, but you, what you need to understand is that is, that's where we're at, though. We are there now. Yeah. And I mean, even you, you talk about, you talk about Hitler being the type of guy that, but legitimately Hitler's, Hitler's approach to politics was just to make people feel like he was one of them. Um, and in in the in the Weimar Republic, all he had to do was appeal to the people who felt like um, the rest of Europe was against them, and everything that was happening to them was unfair, but not their fault. And it was the Jews' fault, or so it's the Blacks' fault, or so the rest of Europe's fault. And as a result, we had to do more to be more German. We're literally seeing the same thing, right? Wow, it's mad that when you just put it like that, it's yeah, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing, and that's why populist politics is very closely linked to fascist politics, mm. right? And it's weird because I, I joke about it, but um, I was talking talking to someone about it yesterday. I think I'm in a I'm in a situation where the best I can hope for is cynical optimism. Like, there's no, I don't believe that losing Boris would be any better because what that does is it gives the Tories an opportunity to rebrand themselves before oh that Liz Truss or no I think what? Rishi Sunak is is the most dangerous Tory like he any is the them, most dangerous any Tory them any of them are but Rishi Sunak them. is dangerous yeah but Rishi Sunak is dangerous I'm gonna say he's the most dangerous I mean, because he is actually the most appealing as in like a lot of people actually think he he's he look he comes across as very competent mm. He comes across as like maybe even slightly nice. I don't know to some people, not to me, but people who don't approve of Boris Johnson have slightly warmer feelings towards Rishi Sunak. And that's worrying because if Boris Johnson goes, it will probably be Rishi Sunak who ends up taking over. I think that... And I feel like if that happens, that will be even... I think we have even less chance of getting a Tory government out. Yeah. But I think to me, the main problem is just that... And this is why... I don't know, I've, have I said this on the podcast before, but I just think ethical dictator, even though it doesn't exist, is the best way. Because people in this country aren't smart. They're not smart enough to be able to decide for themselves. They think that Jacob Rees-Mogg is a man of the people. Like It's not about being smart or not. It's not, it's it's not no, but it is, it is. Like, if you think that Jacob Rees-Mogg is, like, on your side, you're just not very smart. No, I think it's they're not informed. and not They're not informed enough. So difference between intelligence and information, right? But they're willfully uninformed. It's yeah, not going to say yeah, it's, it's... No, 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 no. Come on. We 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 know well enough, right? We've we have we we think critically. If you there's are black not... people that have been voting Labour all their lives and they know they don't vote Tory and they don't have the best like our, when our parents came over here, they weren't like they weren't necessarily the most edu- like our forefathers came over, they weren't necessarily the best educated, but they could tell when they could tell what people were saying. I think racism makes you I think sometimes racism makes you stupid. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I, I don't like I don't like framing that. it. I can't I don't agree with framing it like that because I feel like it absolves people of responsibility. It's got nothing to do with stupidity or intelligence. It's got to do with with moral fiber and what you're prepared to That's give true. up and what you're and what you're prepared to to allow other people to go through for your what you perceive to be your own benefit. It's got nothing to do with um with stupidity because essentially it's a thing of for example Tories aren't maybe pro working class but I don't like immigrants. So I'm prepared to prioritize that. Maybe mm. prioritize that above, even though I might know. So I don't think people. I don't think 
a lot of people are stupid and think that oh like maybe Boris Johnson is you know that much for the working man I think people deep down probably do know that actually like the Tory party is quite elitist and blah 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 but it's all about the trade-off isn't it like do I want a government do I want a party that's going to be soft on immigration or what I perceive to be soft on immigration or or do I want a party who's hard on immigration but maybe has some austerity and if I think it's more important that I don't have an Albanian neighbour then when five oh, people in my street having to use a food bank, then that's the choice I'm going to make. That's not, no, that's, not that's not stupidity. That's not stupidity. That is literally possible. bad. There can't be people that say, you know what? I'll go to this food bank every day if it means that Piotr's not living next door to me. I refuse. I can't no, believe that. Obviously, I'm sorry. But I don't think they're necessarily even consciously thinking that. But on a subconscious, that's, that's what they feel. They feel that way. They're like, actually, a bit of austerity... I'd rather not have austerity probably altogether, but a bit of austerity is better than having, you know, Dimitri next to me in the school in the school <laughs> paper. They genuinely so. think that, and and all all people who I don't know are very anti some particular issue that the Labour, the Labour Party feel that they feel the Labour Party, you know, supports. Like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there's, there's enough people who they just don't like the push for diversity. In the Labour Party, whether that be racial diversity, whether it be, you know, gender equality, whether it be LGBTQ rights, like they don't like that particular aspect of the Labour Party being being seen to be very pro that, and on that basis alone, they would shoot themselves in the foot and vote Tory. Like people do that. It's not stupidity; it's just priorities. You know what? I, yeah, yeah. You you put it you put it a lot better actually. I've, it's it's a dangerous cocktail of all three. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned and the problem is when you when you try to get that uh, Venn diagram of all those people and you're looking at the the small subsection of those who aren't in any of those three camps you end up with an opposition who's unable to put together a con- comprehensive opposition um, in terms of stances in terms of uh, challenge to a government that is incredibly competent in their corruption like you can't you can't afford to have a a, a, a weak opposition when the go- when the party in power is as good as this one is at their corruption like when Which when, is you're, why- when you're when you're confident enough to start doing the crimes out in the open that's when you know that you don't like the opposition is too too weak yeah opposition is ridiculous and also this is why i said in the last election that i feel like labor that even though i am pro all that diversity stuff blah blah blah, i was just like i feel like labor just needs to tone it down a bit no but i mean pragmatically like making certain things a of such a central issue of the other campaign or being like I, I just say I could they're not like anymore. no but numbers. they're not anymore look what they do no no what I know I know Kiss, no I know Kiss, yeah but Kirsten was doing it in a, in a crap way but what I meant with Jeremy Corbyn I feel like he could have still had those issues like you know quietly bringing up the rear but just not so prominently that was my feeling and I know that people will not agree with me because I just honestly think that what you're looking at is a party that plays into people's deepest fears especially like why males white you know white people like have been like have been overrun by the black black 
the blacks and the gays and the Asians and the tra- like you're, you're this is like oh, their fear they, their fear that they're gonna you know like all this stuff is gonna happen like they're gonna wake up one morning and go to school and their child is gonna be stuck in the classroom it's they're gonna be the only white kid you know the straight white kid and like the rest of the class is gonna be like you know black pakistani and like five trans kids running around and like that is like literally like what it plays on so i just feel like if you then put these issues to the forefront of your campaign all you're doing is their fears which are not really like they're just i feel like you're heightening them i feel like it just sure, needs but I, to don't, be, like, I don't think jeremy Cor- i don't think jeremy corbyn did that you know i don't think he, i don't think he really did i, I don't think, think he, he did that think he, necessarily but i, I don't think, think it's t- I, I, I honestly think the party think did I think the party did that, and I think some of the the I think some of the issues I think some of the issues that were brought to the forefront, especially especially by journalists in terms of taking the bait. Like I feel like the, they need to learn to not take the bait. Like sometimes journalists will bring up issues that are actually like not that relevant or not shouldn't be the biggest thing, and then be like, "What do you think about this?" And then that becomes a, a whole interview question, right? And it's actually not really something that's important to the vast majority of people. But the people, but, but you've pushed it to the forefront. It makes people think that that's such an essential part of your campaign. And I just think, I don't know. I just feel like what what Labour did in the last election was cater to a particular London liberal demographic. The, and that's the liberal the metropolitan elite. No, but they did. They did it to essentially our like voters that they think are like us. And but we're not the core. We're not. We're part of Labour, but we're not the core. But we don't make but up a you, I'm sorry, country. but nah, I don't like Jeremy Corbyn was about free broadband. I think I was free, but I can pay for my broadband. That appeals to that appeals to poor people. I'm sorry, but if I don't know what, like, I don't know what, what do people want? Man said to you, I, I want to give people free broadband and, and uh, yeah, but he, he also the, said things like he's going to tax people, he's going to tax people over who earn over 80 grand. Now, that sounds to, to it doesn't sound like that's, that's, not, that's not even that many voters. No, I know it's not. But the point is, people are aspirational voters. They don't vote for themselves today. They vote for themselves for their, what That's they true. think they can be in 10 years, even if it's vaguely impossible. Like, the vast majority <laughs> of people are not going to be on 80 grand anytime soon, ever. Not like Tunde. But they, they think that they are going to be. Yeah, not like Tunde. Like, we can't all be like Tunde, but a lot of people want to be like Tunde, and they think that they're going to be like Tunde in 10 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, so... carry on. Please keep telling them about what I'm... <laughs> High value mail over here. <laughs> but they do. That's what that's what and you know what? That is exactly why Kevin Samuels has so many views. The vast majority of the men who watch his channel, you do you think they're earning a hundred grand and getting all these no, they're just the men sitting in their bedroom with one sock, haven't washed in days, but they aspire to be this high value man that they think they're gonna be in five years' time. That's 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 how this whole thing works. Yeah, um, I know we got. A, I know we got a shift. Um, what what I was going to say is, it's difficult to say. I don't know whether I agree on there being a single right approach. I personally feel that the Labour Party in this country's problem is that they don't have an approach. They don't because there's so much infighting still going on. They're they're beefing with themselves when it comes to taking a single stance. The Conservatives have it down. What did Boris say? Cool. That's my opinion too. What's what's the answer that's been parroted out? Cool. That's my answer too. In the Labour Party, the divisions are still so deep that even when it comes to winning an election strategically, they were more than happy 
to shoot each other down um, instead of focusing. Because it, it, like the the example I want to go back to, even though I don't think it's perfect, is is Joe Biden's campaign. Biden was Biden had a reputation for being a centrist, but ran one of the most progressive campaigns, and all like he stuck to it. Everyone was worried that um, yeah, if if he if he's nominated over Bernie, all the progressive ideas are going to go. So he went, all right, cool. What's my strategy? Progressive, progressive um, values. And weirdly, his actual government and governing style has stuck to that. It has been very progressive. It has been slowed because obviously the, the Republicans aren't going to allow it to be overly progressive, but he stuck to it, stuck to his guns. He had a strategy, he stuck to it. This opposition and i don't think there's any of them that's particularly loud don't have they don't have the consistency they don't have a clear strategy which just means that they divide their own populace and and their voting um block and the conservatives just have to maintain theirs left are too left are too overly moral that's the problem they get into a circular squad and then just shoot themselves over purity contests where the right to say I don't care what spectrum you are on this thing, whether you're far right, centre right, whatever, we ain't letting the other side win. The end. And they get into that, power. The end. That was my main point. That was my main point. <laughs> when I talk about the specific issues, specific issues is that the left is very particular about being morally right on core issues, right? Which which is great, but what it doesn't means win you elections. If you send, doesn't win you elections. Being being purist does not win you elections. I'm so not sorry. This, like not in this, not in much, unfortunately, not in this world. Sorry. Not in this world. Too much infighting. I like I, even though I say Keir Summer is a complete wet blanket, at the end of the day, it's just too much infighting. We're gonna have to like some factions of we're just gonna have to like I don't know what we're gonna have to do, but I, I just feel like if we continue to infight, we're just never gonna be in power. But that's the thing, to be honest, is that this is the first time I've ever considered not voting Labour, but I was considering it because I just I don't know really what to do. I feel like I still will vote Labour, but I just can't. I think Keir Starmer is just terrible. I just think he's. So I do, bad. but I don't have another option. I don't have another option. Vote, it's like people like you. Greens. You could vote Green. You could vote this, and I'm like, cool, but not if they're not going to win, because then I'm splitting the left vote. If if I knew Keir Starmer would do a coalition, then I would. But because this guy's on this whole thing, because if you look at the left leaning parties, they actually win. So really, it's actually a power struggle. And that's the that's the frustrating thing. Like people are more concerned with being in power totally than delivering. Which is so people. stupid. That's what I mean when I say we need to. Which get I think it's kind of evil, like, to be honest. It is evil. Like if all, all those three, the three left main left parties came together, they win a large proportion of the vote, and the Conservatives win. Win. So it's like, why? Like, what are you doing? Why, we must all suffer because you want to be in power, like by yourselves. And it's just stupid. Yeah, it's bad. Anyway, anyway um, moving on to the last to our last point. Uh, what are you guys reading or watching at the moment? So I'm reading a book called Brick by Brick, How We Build a World Without Prisons by Cradle Community. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's basically about abolition. I read a book before about abolition called um, The End of Policing by Alex Vitale, I believe his name is. But um, yeah, no, this book, book's interesting. Um, I think if anything, even if I don't agree with everything in it, it's helped me to learn a lot about some of the different, um, I guess, activist groups that are out there. And I think that in itself is a good thing. You know, like 
because I'm really trying to get as much like involved in terms of like going to protests and things like that and just or donating and just and just really being involved in our communities and being present and like helping where I can so from that perspective it's been really good and they, and they make some good points I don't necessarily agree with everything but yeah that's one of the things I've been reading anyone else what you guys been reading or watching or listening to I've got bare stuff but oh basically none of them have been reading no go on no, I mean Nez is our queen reader, and to be honest, most most of my recommendation is TV again. Um, at this point, picking up a book is a struggle, so I need to grab just two or three minutes here to watch TV. So I'll, I'll try and remember what I've been watching after Nezzy goes through her books. I was going to say Audible is really good because you just listen, and even if you fall asleep, it's cool. Um, I have been. Books wise, I read several books on the go and sometimes don't finish them. But what I've been reading recently is um, what have I been reading? I've been reading Red Lip Theology by Candice Bembo, um, which is she's like a very like progressive, like liberal Christian uh, black woman. Um, and Red Lip Theology is basically, I guess, a mixture of like her life story and like a theological book on uh i guess black women in the black church she talks on touches on various different things um sex and sexuality it touches on um a bit of politics like, like, like lots of different things but it's good um i don't agree with everything she says but it's really really interesting and um i feel like a lot of it resonated with me the other book i'm reading all about love by bell hooks um rest in peace um yeah i'm reading that in probably about a quarter the way through um and a book that i finished recently which i really liked was um gabriel union's part two of the autobiography um which is called is it called no we're gonna need more wine is that her first one let me see what's it called again oh you got anything stronger um and yeah, that's what I'm reading. In terms of what I'm watching, I'm about to watch Snowpiercer, which has just come back on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, which I love the first two, two seasons, so I'm really looking forward to watching that. And also, I finished Harlem on Netflix. I'm oh, not Netflix on Amazon Prime, which really is uh, the series of Megan Good, uh, Grace Byers, or there's a new. Um, who's the other lady? There's this other lady who plays. She's actually a really good actress. I can't remember her name. Um, and then a fourth lady. Anyway, um, there that's a really good, um, really good show. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's got uh, Jasmine Guy as well from a different world. He plays uh, the mom of Grace Byers. Um, and it's yeah, it's a really good. It's kind of like a bit like a bit like girlfriends, I guess, in the same kind of vein of like girlfriends, Sex in the City type um, thing, but from modern generation. Um, and it's really good. Cool. I mean, first of all, shout out to Megan Good for living her best life since, uh, <laughs> since she was Oh my goodness, we didn't talk about that. She's living her best life. We are happy for her. Um, go on, go on, Megan Good. Go back to being the, the 90s icon that we always knew and loved. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I feel like um, 
they had both had a very like classy way of doing that which i respect exactly uh yeah. yeah so on the on the reading tip um i did have audible i am currently uh rebalancing my budget because apparently children are expensive so once once i <laughs> once i once i sort out what's happening career-wise and get my promotion cases in line uh audible is probably going to be one of the first things that comes back um but apart from that watching wise i've got a shout out in canto like i can use having a child as the excuse but disney actually is just producing banger after banger right now we've not watched in canto and obviously just light-hearted family films are your thing watch it it's a dope it's a dope uh, movie Story's decent. Apparently, there's some links to um, some psychological themes in there as well, which is dope. Um, and then also, we started watching Queens uh, the other day. So the stars show with Brandy, Eve, Notori Norton, and Brandy and Eve. I might have yeah. to be into that. Yeah, it's it. So for anyone who doesn't know, Queens is basically a show about um, four women who were in a rap group in the early 90s um, and how their you know, life moved on. They, the band broke up, but now they're coming back together and, and the challenges of them being older women coming back into the rap game and what that looks like and how they have to balance their new lives what's changed and how they compete with some of the younger uh, rapper and upcoming stars. It's quite enjoyable so far. Um, and obviously there are some elements that you can tell weren't written by by uh, the lyrical talents of Brandy. But uh, overall, it's, it's a nice light watch. I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's going to win any awards, but it's enjoyable. Cool. I've been watching Hannah. Um, we finished it on Amazon Prime. That's dope. If anyone wants something to watch, also Alice in Borderland. We watched that on Netflix. That was like a Squid Game. It was well, it was actually it came out before Squid Game. It's Japanese, but it's really good. Better than Squid Game for me, actually. What's Anna about? It's the same. It's the same concept as Squid Game. Like you got these uh, Hannah, games. Hannah. Oh, Hannah. Oh, Hannah is basically about this girl that gets injected with wolf dna but it's it's not like sci-fi at all it's just really it's just it's really interesting it's like a, a girl that's like a mad fighter she's like sith but it's just her life story basically but it's really good um it's like government stuff like cia moving mad all of that um but yeah uh any last points oh, i'm gonna wrap it uh Obviously, we've we've joked about quite a lot about the mess that our government is in, but for any um, government censors or anyone listening who happened to work for the government, we would like to say that all claims made about the competence um, and corruption of this of this government are all allegedly alleged, allegedly, um, and obviously we also will be waiting for Sue Gray's report. Yeah, and, and we pledge allegiance to uh, UK, Royal Britannia, um, you know, Pretty Patel, keep doing what you're doing. We love it. 
Personally, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. What? Why? Uh, what? You know they're the only country in the world. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. I think Nezzy missed what we were doing here. We were talking about <laughs> the UK. That's not, we're trying to stop the government from coming for us. The way to do that is not to say anyway. Having, yeah, having said all that, you know, um, that was Tales from the Plantation, Volume 44. <laughs> um, hit us up, obviously, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're at Tales from the Plantation um, or Plantation Tales on Twitter. You can ha- continue the conversation at hashtag Tales from the Plantation. And uh, yeah, get at us with anything you want to chat about. You can just hit us up in the DMs. Um, if you want to come on the podcast, you know, DM us as well. Always looking for new people to come. Yeah, in. we're looking for new people. Also, if anybody wants to cancel me, I've already cancelled myself. So, right. So, it. thanks for that. You've interrupted me twice now to make ridiculous points, and so that I'm now ending it. That was tales from the plantation, forty forty four. The end. Gesundheit. Peace. Bye.